0: Hello everyone and welcome to our Saturday broadcast. We're here as usual to answer people's questions on meditation and Buddhism. So if you have questions, you're welcome to post them at any time in the chat. Uh, The first
1: part of this session, of course, as usual, is 15 minutes of meditation. So we started a little bit late. We'll go until 20 after. During that time you can post your questions and at 20 minutes after the hour we'll start answering
0: them. In the meantime prepare yourself. Focus your attention on your experiences. The
1: four satipatthana, body, feelings, mind, the dhamma. Just Bring yourself to the present moment. Clear your Clear away all baggage,
0: put aside any concern about the world, take this time to focus on your own experience of reality. So, 15 minutes starting now. All right, we're back. Looks like we have some questions. So, if you've asked your question
1: already, just sit back, close your eyes, try not to be distracted by other things on your computer. Don't open another tab or anything. Try and stay focused and just meditate with us, stay mindful. This is only one hour out of our lives.
0: Just take this hour to do something good. Be focused, be at peace and with a calm and simple awareness of the reality in front of us. And uh, from now on, from here on,
1: anything that's not a question will be removed from chat. So please try and, I mean, just to keep it clean. Please don't be offended if we remove something. We're just
0: removing everything from here on that's not questions. Today we do have questions. It sometimes seems to be very difficult to stay aware of each moment,
2: almost if I stumble during this process. This creates a wrong view that if I always live in the present moment, I don't live life fully and also create procrastination to meditation practice. Can you please
0: assist me in redirecting this view? i I don't i mean i I kind of get what you're saying,
1: but I don't see how it follows um I guess you're trying to maybe be um be polite and um diplomatic about the the problem because you you probably think that intellectually meditation is good, but you know the fact that it's difficult to stay aware doesn't. To my mind directly have anything to do with it
0: being um a problem it's preventing you from living fully right but i guess
1: putting it together when it is difficult um there can arise hindrances because any time in our life not not just related to meditation when Something comes that is not immediately gratifying. Uh, Our mind is accustomed to getting upset about it, worried, afraid, disliking, sad, depressed. These things trigger those uh, habits in us. So that might be what's happening. So let's just take this apart. And when it's very difficult, uh, the first thing to know about that is that some of the difficulty. Some of it can be explained as um, skill, that it takes time and practice to get better at it. Um, But another aspect to it is the reality of non-self, that you're not in charge, and a part of the frustration that comes from uh, the inability to practice, the failure to practice uh, according to the teachings as you're taught, is uh, you're just not you're not in charge your mind is broken i mean it doesn't it's not a machine that you can just direct as you like it is uh, conditioned by you know countless habits that we've developed over our lifetime and, and even over lifetimes and those are always competing and conditioning our response to experience. So two things, it's important, first of all, to appreciate that it's going to take time to get better at it. And second, it's important to um, appreciate that you're not in charge and that there's no control or forcing or trying even. It's not even so much as about trying, it's about observing and reminding. Mindfulness means to remind yourself. So just reminding yourself this is what's happening now this is what's happening now when you're unable to do that then you catch yourself when you are able to do it and you realize that you were unable to do it and you roll with it you take that as part of reality my inability to be mindful of the distraction or the emotion or whatever is taking you away is just another thing to be objective about so you'll be mindful of that when you realize it and it's just a process of gaining greater skill at not mucking about not trying to fix just uh, observing and staying objective about it so as far as um, what might come from challenge the hindrances and as you say wrong views so there's no reason for this wrong view to arise based on difficulty but this wrong view does arise in medit various meditators that mindfulness is somehow preventing you from living life fully and there is a sense in which that's true living life fully uh, uh, you know such a, a probably a misstatement but our idea of of living life fully quite often involves reacting to things getting angry you know um cultivating greed and addiction those are what we call living life and if you don't have those emotions greed and anger people will consider you're not actually living that's the sense in which it doesn't allow you to live fully because you give those up it allows you to live peacefully and that means giving up uh, the enjoyment with in sensual pleasures the addiction to Pleasant sensations it means giving up the triggers of anger and fear and worry and all of these things, but most importantly, it allows you the opportunity to understand these things and to realize for yourself that which is of benefit and that which is of to your detriment. You can't do that if you're quote unquote living life fully because all living life fully means is just going with whatever your ha- habit of um happens to be in any given moment, if I want to get angry, I'm just going to get angry. If I want to get greedy, I'm just going to get greedy. There's no capacity in that sort of um, perspective to see things clearly as they are, so there will never be the opportunity or the capacity to differentiate good and bad, right and wrong, helpful, unhelpful, that which leads to suffering and that which leads to happiness. To do that, you need something artificial. You do have to limit your activity to that which is going to allow you to see objectively. Meditation is an artificial um, practice of investigation. I mean, artificial is probably not the best word, but it's important. I think it's useful to say artificial because people want, sometimes object to the fact that it's not natural. Well, the only thing that's natural is just doing whatever comes to you at the time. That isn't right. And it's important to appreciate that that you can't just follow your habits unless your habits are all good and all based on wisdom so an enlightened being can of course just go with their habits they have no work left to be done the rest of us who have habits left that have to be changed and abandoned still have to apply some artificial not force but an artificial well simply obs- simple observation we have to uh, direct our minds in the course our minds into being objective about our experiences uh, as for procrastination is it comes from any doubt so that these views can lead to doubt and doubt leads to the lack of motivation but all of those things you can be mindful of so i would just recommend being mindful of the disliking and worrying and and any kind of thinking or, or, or wondering about the practice, but uh, hopefully that explanation helps you appreciate the Buddhist um, response to a question
0: like this that relates to living life at its foot to its fullest. When one experiences a feeling, for example, being nervous. Where should
2: one's awareness be? Because it's a feeling and doesn't necessarily have a location.
1: So the mental activity doesn't have a location. There is nowhere your awareness should be. You're responding. Mindfulness is always responding. So when you, have an ex- when you have the experience, it's already gone. The noting is just a reminding. It's a way of reacting to the experience that neutralizes it. So you don't have to put your mind anywhere. When you have, let's say, nervous, you just say to yourself, nervous. It's a recognition, an acknowledgement, an augmentation of the perception. You're just reiterating to yourself, yes, that's nervousness. It, it preempts any sort of, that's
0: bad, that's good, any reaction. It's a way of cultivating the habit of objectivity. how could we adapt walking meditation for people in a wheelchair well you
1: you you would take you would not do walking meditation but you could do wheelchair meditation you could find some movement of the hands uh, as far as moving the wheelchair for example so be aware of the movement
0: of the hands as you push the wheelchair I feel as if I'm just saying the rising and falling in my head
2: rather than really acknowledging the experience. Any advice? Also, how does one know if one is truly acknowledging the experience?
1: Well, the noting is a a recognition. So if you experience the rising and then say rising, well, you're doing it correctly. You're saying it as a response. You're recognizing it. You're saying that's that so it's quite simple actually it's just did you actually experience the rising and did you recognize it as the stomach rising then say to yourself rising that's all uh, so the, these kinds of questions well i mean if that answers your question great but often these questions just come from overthinking about it worrying about it obsessing over doing it right wanting to do it right uh, desire to to do it better or something like that the concern that you might be doing something wrong because it's not working, quote-unquote working. I mean, it's not supposed to work in any special way. Like, you're not going to see some sign and lights telling you that you're doing it right or some special experience. You're just going to find that your habit becomes more objective. You're, you're more habitually objective, less reactionary, and it, as a result, able to see more clearly, which in turn prevents you from
0: clinging and allows you to let go. Now, if, if the noting leads to any kind of uh,
1: voice in your head or, or even pictures of the words in your head,
0: then you should note that, seeing or hearing. That's all. What is a good way to bring listening down to just hearing? When meditating around others
2: in conversation, I find it hard not to listen and understand the ideas being spoken. Well, you have
1: to decide what you're going to do. If you're going to listen, if it's important to be in a part of the conversation, then your mind can't be completely occupied with meditation. You have to alternate at best. But you can still be mindful of your emotions. You can be mindful of your thoughts. You can be mindful of the sounds and and sights and so on.
0: You just have to be able to uh, be flexible. i have social anxiety and ptsd
2: that makes it hard to socialize with strangers are meditation and exposure therapy a good remedy
1: i don't know about exposure therapy i um, i guess it it couldn't it couldn't really hurt but i wouldn't emphasize exposure therapy i would yes I definitely emphasize meditation I mean meditation will allow you to see your habits because the same habits that come up um when socializing will eventually come up in meditation if you're practicing mindfulness. You know, you'll have a clearer mind and you'll be better able to deal with, with society. I would say let socializing come naturally. Don't go out of your way to seek it out, but uh, slowly, slowly try to to avoid it less and less and just let it be natural. Because the feeling of letting things be natural is an important perspective. If you go out of your way to try to trigger anything or to try to fix something that attitude is problematic that attitude gets in the way with being objective with being at peace with letting go so pretty much in 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 all ways we just try to to let things come naturally and our only
0: interference is mindfulness how to handle
2: relations with a loved one trapped in a domestic violence relationship i suffer greatly not knowing if i'll see them again and i battle with feeling let down
0: when plans don't materialize Um, well you don't suffer greatly not
1: knowing to trivialize your feelings but the not knowing doesn't cause you suffering you suffer because you want to know and you worry and you, you you are upset that you don't know but it's just you're just being triggered and it's important to i mean mindfulness allows you to change that habit so when you're worrying or disliking or wanting you can note all those things as far as how to handle relations with someone else who is suffering There are countless beings suffering countless horrors, not just in this world. I mean, in in this world alone, the number of human beings, if we just limit it even to human beings that are suffering horrible, horrific violence and and trauma and stress is astronomical, the amount of suffering, even just in the human world, let alone in the animal realms and the hell realms and so on, ghost realms, spirits that are all around us. So, our relationship with others is often best dictated by the natural, um, again, the natural manifestation of it, rather than trying to force it or change it. You apply the principles of mindfulness and kindness and thoughtfulness to everything. Uh, Best, if possible, Try not to force things. Try to not avoid or seek out. It, it, that's. Uh, I mean, it doesn't always work, and some people will find they have to retreat. But the, the rule of thumb ultimately is to let go. and And let go means let come.
0: So it goes both ways. Stop interfering and try to just be at peace. You can't fix the world. It's inherently broken. I sense fear of failure in my material
2: goals that are not harmful to anyone. I see good people motivate to chase dreams, and I find it good, but I am worried about not achieving anything. Any
0: advice?
1: Well, there you go. I mean, I think you're kind of answering your own question.
0: I mean, your question is any advice, but um, I I think you're already encapsulating the problem. You
1: just have to see it clearly, what you're saying. Is, uh, is important. You can't have ambition or clinging to sensuality without things like fear of loss, fear of the inability to get what you want. That's the problem with material goals, because the world is impermanent.
0: Reality is impermanent, suffering and non self. It's just not, not a sustainable,
1: cohesive, uh, valid way of approaching reality
0: this seeking out of material goals it, it inherently cannot work i see good people
1: motivated motivated to chase dreams and i find it good well you're wrong that's the problem I and mean, it's not good um it can be temporarily good for those people who are lucky enough to uh, get what they want but Getting what you want is, is never permanent, it's never eternal. There are, are ups and downs and there's always the threat that we see materialize again and again in the world. People crying and uh, suffering trauma and grief because something horrific happened to them. Certainly not to trivialize that. Horrific things happen and they're horrific. But we, um, we suffer because of our need for things to be a certain way. So this clinging to dreams and seeking out your dreams, it's just not sustainable. It's not a valid way to to live. And it's not actually satisfying. You don't actually find peace and happiness through it. There's always more.
0: Life just goes on. Good things become bad. When I encounter pedestrians while walking my dog,
2: I tell myself, this is the last time I may ever see this person. Is this a practical application of understanding impermanence?
1: It's mindfulness of death. Um, it's, It's mindfulness of impermanence conceptually, but it is not enough to lead to enlightenment not by itself. Uh, perception of impermanence has to be the perception of experiences arising and ceasing and you'll only get that clearly if you practice meditation I mean, there's nothing wrong with what you're saying it's a useful reflection it's kind of a mantra that someone might um, use to cultivate i mean it cultivates a lot of good things peace and and letting go it cultivates a sense of urgency So it's it's positive, it's just you have to understand that that's not a substitute
0: for seeing impermanence in meditation practice. I understand that Buddhism can be summed up by don't cling to anything,
2: but my problem is aversion because of a lifelong habit of getting angry. Do we deal with aversion the same way as clinging? aversion is
1: a kind of clinging in buddhism it's a bit simplistic to sum it up with don't cling to anything uh you might say something close that nothing is worth clinging to uh because the practice of buddhism isn't is not the practice of not clinging to anything that's not a practice that just doesn't work it doesn't happen there is nothing you can do to not cling to anything but understanding that nothing is worth clinging to uh, implies that you have to understand that, so Buddhism is actually could be summed up about understanding that nothing is worth clinging to, and that's important because it's too common for people to try not to cling to things, and that's not practice that's just wishful thinking it's hopeless. What we should be trying if trying is even the right word is trying to see clearly, trying to understand practicing in such a way that we can understand that things are not worth clinging to. I mean, just understand the nature of things, because the truth is that they aren't worth clinging to. So once you understand the nature of
0: something, you understand that it's not worth clinging to. That's just a part of it. Is shaving your head a practice of not being attached to physical appearance? And if so,
2: would it also be recommended for people who are not monks? Yeah, I think so. I think certainly it could be. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not
0: going to
1: fix your problems of attachment to physical appearance. It's
0: certainly quite possible to be bald and be attached to physical appearance. Because, um, there's, there's a, no, others I won't tell that story.
1: There's a story of someone taking extreme measures to cut off their, Um, lust, and um, they cut off the wrong thing. So the Buddha said
0: they they were supposed to cut off one thing and they cut off another. I did tell the story. There you go.
2: Meditators don't think a lot, but have sharp minds. Scientists and
0: politicians think a lot to have sharp minds. What's the difference? that's incredibly simplistic. Um,
1: To say that scientists have sharp minds because they to say that scientists and politicians have sharp minds is pushing it. Um, I think it's hard to become a scientist unless you have a sharp mind. And I think unfortunately, what we're seeing is it's not hard to become a politician, even if you don't have a sharp mind. Um, Most human beings are endowed with the capacity to think they're endowed with a certain sharpness of mind some more than others Um, but i think people who are inclined to become scientists already have sharp minds Uh, i think yes to some extent scientific training is going to hone your abilities one good thing about it i think is um the discipline so a scientist is often committed to a very disciplined nature and so as a result they can I mean, there's a lot of wholesomeness there that leads them to a sharp mind potentially i don't think it's across the board i don't think i don't understand why you're lumping politicians and scientists because i don't say anything about how a politician has to have a sharp mind more more than the average person you know many of them are lawyers and lawyer training uh, does work out your mind to be sharp um, but there's a very important thing that you're missing here um, a meditator's sharpness is remarkable in that it involves purity there are many scientists who have incredibly corrupt minds as a result of wholesale slaughter of lab rats torture of lab rats and that sort of thing or or generally just not being nice people which of course is a goes for any profession um, but for a meditator for someone who practices mindfulness they're free from greed they're free from anger they're free from delusion and so it's not just that they have a sharp mind it's that they have a clear mind and so the the sharpness is much much more pronounced their capacity to reason is is just drastically improved their capacity to use their mind is, is drastically improved as a result of the purity. So it's both a matter of degree, but also a matter of the very nature. The corruption that a scientist might who, who destroys rat will have may not impair immediately impair their intelligence and their sharpness their ability to conduct investigations but it will certainly impair their critical thinking it will impair their peace of mind it often forces them to take drugs stimulants um it 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 spills over into their personal and social lives it forces them to be recluses because they can't stand being around people for whatever reason etc etc a meditator doesn't have those problems doesn't have a problem being around people doesn't have a problem being alone. Doesn't have problems with all, any of the with you know doesn't need to take drugs or medication or anything. So I mean I think you're you're oversimplifying and and I'm not sure if this is just a curiosity question or not, but it's, very, it's a completely different situation and scientists versus politicians. I, I think you might have to rethink grouping them together.
0: There are so
2: many theories and ideas taught or spoken by you that I agree with. It feels enlightening and comforting, but very difficult to incorporate all of it in real time in
0: my life. How can I do better? I appreciate that. Thank you for the feedback. Um, so, I mean, the, the, this is
1: what we're here to facilitate, the first step is if you haven't read our booklet read our booklet we have uh, an at-home course that you can take and that's the next step so take the time to practice at least an hour a day up to two hours a day eventually and we meet once a week and we'll help guide you through it and then if you ever have a chance after that you can do the intensive course come to our center we're building a brand new center here in canada that will be uh the official location of siri international and we will be hosting meditators on a one-to-one
0: individual basis throughout the year for the rest of the foreseeable future sometimes there is wanting in my meditation which is unpleasant or even suffering is this seeing the second noble truth Well, wanting is never technically
1: unpleasant, but it can trigger immediate unpleasantness. So, yeah, that's seeing the first noble truth and the second noble truth. You don't really have to see the second noble truth, though. That's not the point of it. The point of the second noble truth is that you have to abandon it. And you abandon it through seeing the first noble truth. So really, you only have to focus on seeing things clearly as they are. And suffering isn't seeing that something causes you stress. Suffering is seeing that that it's not uh, satisfying. That there's no benefit to it. There's no good in experiences. The the whatever it is that leads you to let go, to not cling, right? Because yeah, that's the point. How do you abandon clinging when you see that it's not worth clinging to? So seeing that experiences, there's nothing really intrinsically wrong with them. It's just there's no good in clinging to them because it leads to suffering. So the the main practice is really just observing, watching, and being patient as your mind
0: absorbs the objective awareness. The conclusions will come by themselves. I have a problem seeing impermanence. It seems like
2: experiences are sticking together. What to do? Should I, in walking meditation, do it more slowly? You should do it about the speed that I
1: tell you in the videos, which isn't too slow or too fast. It should be sort of a natural unhurried walk um, but don't try to see impermanence um you're you're seeing it, you're definitely seeing it um but what you're seeing more in this statement is non-self. You want to somehow control it and and find a way to fix it or find a way to trigger it or something, and you're not able to do that. Don't worry about seeing impermanence. Just focus on seeing experiences arise and see seeing them as
0: they are. However they appear to you. If they appear that they're sticking together, well, then great, you're seeing that they're sticking together. Just keep watching. You'll see clearly. It just takes time and vigilance, diligence. Should you approach meditation in a different way if you've already distorted your mind with drugs?
1: Well, I' am not quite sure what you mean by distorted um though I' have had experiences that I might call distorting in my early life really scared me off of drugs in the end um but no there's no difference. <clears throat> the only there there are some distortions of mind that we might not be concerned with uh fixing. The only distortions we're concerned with
0: are greed, anger, and delusion. So try and work those out. <clears throat> those out. Is it normal to get to a point where there is no need to speak to anyone? So we're never concerned with what is normal. Um, normal is not of any interest to
1: us because reality doesn't have a normal it has
0: impermanence so reality is unpredictable um but as far as
1: whether it's okay to not speak to anyone it's fine if you're going out of your way not to speak to someone that can be a problem so i would discourage you from fixating on that but um i mean it's an oddly phrased question there's never a need to speak to anyone um, except when there is. <clears throat> and you don't have a say over that. I mean, if someone speaks to you or asks you a question, well, then there's a need to speak to them. But that has nothing to do with meditation. That's because the person asked you a question. So if you get to a point where no one's asking you questions or talking to you or anything, then, then well, you're in a a point where
0: there is no need to speak to anyone again nothing really directly to do with the meditation i'm going to college this fall i only watch dhamma talks during my free time
2: and practice vipassana and i don't know what i should say when classmates ask me
0: what i'm interested in any advice I mean, in my college experience, people didn't go around asking each other what they're interested
1: in um so i'm I'm not sure that it's it's a it's not that shouldn't be that big of a concern if that's what you're concerned about. I would just try to be mindful about it um I mean, if you tell people that
0: you're into meditation, that's usually enough to either pique their interest or turn them off. Try and find friends who are also interested in meditation. Start a meditation group. Then you'll be surrounded by people who won't ask you such questions. I am scared that I will experience war with all its horrid consequences
2: in my lifetime. Any advice?
1: And there's no way to prepare. There's no way to to escape if it's going to happen it's going to happen um well i mean that's not quite fair but yeah there's no way to ensure that you're going to escape it Uh, so it's useful to do your best to prepare externally for it um gathering supplies and moving to a place that is less likely to be torn by war but you know, the only ultimate advice for someone who does ex- have to experience war is the application of mindfulness. It may take your life away. Many people die in war. Many civilians die in war. Or worse, worse things happen. Were there worse things than death? And, uh, I mean, I don't have tips on how to get yourself out of such a situation. Of course, the only
0: advice I can offer is how to deal with it when you're not able to escape. So, yeah, everyone should be
1: dedicated to at least some practice of mindfulness as a means of preparing for the
0: the eventuality of what whatever might happen. It doesn't take war to lead to hell. Is it okay to use a backrest while sitting meditation? So I'd encourage you to
1: try not to. Um, It's probably not okay if you're using it without needing to, because that implies that you're um, succumbing to aversion to pain. So try your best not to succumb to the aversion to pain and only use a
0: backrest if it's threatening injury. or when it's just overwhelming
1: and you just feel like you can't handle it. But in that case, it should be temporary, because eventually you should be prepared
2: to face it. On the ultimate level, non-attachment and non-grasping leads to liberation. But on a conventional level, it can
0: lead to maladaptiveness, to the high demands of society. How to Eliminate Wrong View I don't see how your question relates to your statement. I mean, they're they're both good. The statement's
1: good, and the the question is good, but I don't see how they're related. Do um, you mean how how do you eliminate the view that non-attachment and non-grasping is wrong? Maybe that's what you're saying. So, if you have the view that non-grasping and non-attachment are wrong because they are making you maladaptive, then uh, i mean i don't know what to tell you because society is broken and if 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 true happiness came from adapting to society or fitting in with society into society then then happiness is not happiness and and we're doomed uh, but luckily society isn't actually the source of true happiness and peace True happiness and peace has nothing to do with fitting into society. And so not being able to fit into society doesn't turn out to be uh, um, a dir- indirect conflict with our ability to find peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering. But it does take some finagling to be able to survive, be able to live your life in such a way
0: that doesn't compromise your health but at the same time doesn't compromise your mental health Um, so but as regards to eliminating wrong view um,
1: well mindfulness mindfulness will help you come to see that it doesn't really matter if you're not adapting well to society or fitting in with society that's not actually a problem
0: I mean in except practically but that's another issue. You can still you can still find ways to survive even if you're not fitting in. Fante, we've come to the close of the hour, we have right. one more question in the first tier. Do
2: you have time to right. answer? Go ahead. When meditating for a while, seeing experiences as clearly as they are? You come to a point where you don't feel anything, a blankness. Do you then observe this too, or be aware of this moment?
1: Yeah, you can say quiet, or calm, or even empty, but quiet is a good one.
2: It's basati,
1: it's it's a state of quality of mind. Uh, It's one of the seven factors of enlightenment, but it can also be a cause for getting sidetracked, because you stop
0: meditating, you stop with mindfulness when that happens. Just say quiet, quiet, and then go back to the stomach. If it's calm, you can note that as well. Thank you,
2: Bhante. That's all the questions we're prepared to ask today.
1: Okay, thank you for your help. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. And thank you, Chris, Rahid, and Jim,
0: for helping out. Have a good week, everyone. Sādhu. Sādhu.